Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Tabula Rasa. My name is Jack Kalk. I am the creator and writer of this very program. And joining me this evening, we have the esteemed director, Anna Rodriguez. Hello. And our equally esteemed assistant director, Dave Morgan. Hey, how's it going? Okay, so um, we're back, and uh, Six Flags, can you tell I was working all summer when I wrote this episode? Uh, but this is, uh, we start off by introducing a brand new character. We've heard him mentioned before, we have never given him a name. Um, this is Dr. Calvin Finch, who is also a psychologist who works with uh, Liza, worked with Liza. This scene takes place about, I figured out a time, 11 years ago. So Keith is um, seven. And conveniently, we, we had some two brilliant young actors on our roster. So uh, we've got uh, Maxwell Condell playing a young Keith Fitch. And honestly, the two of them sound, he does sound like a very younger um, James Rossi. Which yeah, is, I mean, which is eerie. I, it's a good match. I just didn't want to cast another child because we have, <laughs> we we only needed Jeffrey for this episode. Otherwise, um, yeah. And so I figured we just ask Maxwell. I did not realize how much he would sound like James Rossi. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And of course, we planned it that way. Oh yeah. Well, that is, you have to give credit to the Condell boys because they're so talented and cute. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm consistently surprised by the amount of talent. That the Condell Brothers show. I really am. Kudos to their mom, Hannah, who's also on this show, because, like, seriously, that family is awesome. Yes, Hannah's coming back next episode. Uh, so Dave, Dave had uh, directed this scene to start us yes, off. Yes, and it was fun to do, just kind of do a progression. We follow Keith into the bedroom, then Liza taking him out and putting him to bed, and we follow Liza back into the bedroom, and then we just go out the window. Mm -hmm. So, just to give it a nice little thing. Yeah, and it occurs to me at this time that um, we should establish that the window is open and Cal's not there. That's all lies yeah. at this point. Yeah. He's gone. And we have the return of our beautiful uh, opening theme song, but with a new monologue. Yes, <gasps> and congratulations to Karina for her nomination for the Pendies this time around. Yes. Yay. My name yeah, this is, is a slightly Aaron. more meta um, monologue. This Aaron Jane <laughs> Sayre is much more aware that she's in a show. Um, you know, she goes, this is Tabula Rasa. Just because I couldn't find a way to properly end it, and I don't really mind breaking the fourth wall a little bit in the opening monologue. Right. But yeah, uh, you'll notice that this season, Jane begins being credited as Aaron Jane Sayre. Um, because she is no longer Jane. She is very much these three different parts of herself. Um, and she will be credited differently in season three as well to reflect changes that she'll be making. Uh, so confusing. I know. Um, this episode... Way, oh, sorry. I was going to say on that last scene, David Alt had some reads on the audiobook lines that were very non-Dickensian. Hopefully those will show up at some point because they were hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Secretly, David Alt has all sorts of out-of-character audiobooks. Oh, yes. <laughs> the darker side of Dickens. 
I'll find you. So here we are back at the uh, hospital, and it'll, this is literally the very next day from um, the season one closer. So, That's actually the, the, the next this right after it, like, yes. picks up right where we left off. Yeah. You listen to me, so we've got um, James Rossi as Keith, and we've got Tom Stitzer as Getz, sounding very deliciously evil. Yes. And sexy. Congratulations, yes. Tom. <laughs> yes. You wouldn't. If our listeners couldn't quite uh, tell, we just found out the pending nomination. So congratulations to all the Tabula Rasa nominations. We're very proud of our gas cast. Our guest. <laughs> our guest. <laughs> well, guests cast. We're a guest. What happened? Does Lakeisha know? I mean, she has sons. She has to keep them safe. No. No. And she's not going to know. What's wrong? Dun dun dun. Dun. And then jumping back a little bit back in time. We've heard this line before. Yeah. In fact, it's the line we left you in suspense with. So you get to finally find out what happens. Sorry, and you had to wait for all those months. <laughs> instead of a big explosion. What's going on? Something's happening. No explosion. Just clicking a pen. Good evening, detectives. Here I am. Mr. Velasquez, Miss Morris. Thank you for your time. Last picture, you're right. Just clicking madly on the button like the people on Jeopardy do. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what's going on. (laughs) You're right. I didn't know what's going on. (laughs) I had so much fun with the clicks. I'm like, how many clicks should I have? Click, 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 click. In this situation, you never have too many. Mm-hmm. Oh I see. Danica is so terrifying. Oh, yeah. See, this is our only McCloud piece in the episode. Pretty sure. Um, this is called Deep Haze. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot to mention, in the opening scene, we were playing... Um, Pompeii by Josh Woodward. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. was on the short list for themes for Tabula Rasa, which I don't think you knew. I didn't. Ooh. But, um, yeah, I thought about it because the, one of the lines in the lyrical version of the song is, I won't hide from fate, which I thought appropriate. But then no one else could get Karina anyway, so I thought that was cool. Nice. This is a brilliant ad lib. Oh, there were so many ad libs from Mindy on this as Sandy. Oh my gosh. And I wanted to use a lot more of them, but it would have made the scene like 20 minutes long. Yeah. But the story is just hilarious as it is. <clears throat> and that's Richard Casto uh, playing Dr. Walker. It's a nice. I'm liking, I mean, thus far, that we're getting our light moments with these two. I wish I had yeah, it's nice seeing a different side of Zombie. So just, you know, cold and business-like. Yeah, it's a, she's a completely different person around Walker. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason we introduced Walker so early. Um, because Walker will have much more importance towards the end of this season. But um, he's a great foil for Sanvi, and I was surprised by how great a foil he was for Sanvi. But um, I like that. Yeah, and they do play off each other really well. I'm shipping all my stuff here. My friend and I are going to do a big unpacking day. And see, the this music under this is uh, Symmetry in the Pocket of Angels. 
Which is an like awesome this, song title. He has a lot of, and I just like to use a lighter, lighter song for change. That's mm-hmm. pretty uh, hardcore stuff lately. Yeah, with the uh, the um, episode ten from last season. Yeah, with when I directed their scene. Yeah, they also had a light song as well. You know, you do realize the school's gonna make you use the business cards in their format, right? Another ad lib. <laughs> that somehow still worked with Walker's next line. That's I know. Yeah. It's just, it's so not the line I wrote, and I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the real line is just Dr. Brandon Joseph Walker, Northwestern University. They give you these before you start. And Sanvi literally said the opposite. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> then just dinner between two friends? Now, um, funny story. The original last yeah. scene. Sorry, the last line of the scene was a line from Sanvi. We didn't originally had it because it didn't get zipped in, so we asked Mindy to send it. But when she sent it, we realized this scene, it had more of an impact if we ended on Walker's line. So, Mindy, thank you for sending your line. Sorry yes. we didn't use it, but it we felt it had more of an impact with Walker ending it. It does, and it, it yes. makes the scene even shorter. That I scene was originally like done. three times as long. Um, and it just had to keep getting cut down. Mm-hmm. Are you going to untie my hands? If you oh no, Liza! What does Uriah want? We get to find out what happened Uriah. to her. She's under. Um, oh. she's being held captive, Boris, unfortunately. She must have told you. Yes, I really love the echo in this room. Uriah isn't calling the shots anymore. So it's suitably dank. It yeah. It's not a happy place where she is. No, no, it is not. This may be the most we've heard Gats speak, like as Gats, not as some other guy or Gats mm-hmm. from the past. Mm-hmm. He's usually a man of few words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting in an audio drama, but Tom seems to make it work. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's what any of us were expecting. It's like everything. So here's the hardest scene of the episode. <laughs> Which you pulled off wonderfully. Uh, I was so I was like almost at the point of pulling my hair out. What you should be doing is I was I just wanted it to come across clear, which is hard to do with with when it comes to Jane's visions and everything's. And this is the first time um, in the history of the show, at least, that we've seen Jane try to actually fight back her vision. We always just see her instantly go into them. So I, I had played a lot with the audio of it coming in and coming out. Um, doing some muffling on some of the lines, so just hopefully it just comes across. Not now. My dear Oh my god, Danica. You guys may have noticed that I really, really like Danica, and I'm surprised by how much I like Danica. She is so fun to write. Um, because originally she was very, very different. Um, she was, I don't know if I've said this before, she was very Sylvia Arkell. Um, and then we cast Allison, um, and it became apparent very quickly that that was not the way that Allison was going to play it. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of rewrote it around, uh, rewrote it around her. Completely rewrote Danica's backstory, um, and I think it works better now. Totally, totally, because because um, you know here she is in the in the Flash, and it's a completely different sight to her, um, as opposed to when she's battling Uriah one hundred and one, going, "Ha ha, I'm better than you. Your plan, I followed your plan. Ha ha." We can send someone if you like. 
Mm. And here we are. She's like still in charge, but you know, not so much, um, you know, being dominant. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Character witnesses, if need be, but it's most important you two are normal, ordinary friends. I don't know why this scene amused me so much. Just going back and forth between a wedding and then planning for the destruction of the entire country, and then back to wedding planning and blah blah blah. Yep. I mean, that's basically what life was like for these guys before things changed. The security and protection. That's so vague. What I just said. But <laughs> yay vagueness. I, I can't. I can't say it another way at this <laughs> time. You'll find out soon. We need some mystery. It is the, uh, episode one of season two, so there's got to be some things that we have to, have something to build up to. Yeah, exactly. Hey, about ten minutes. Clark and Keith were almost at blows with uh, what's her name when she started shaking you to stop you from fading. Out. Let's see. Um, Keith's cooling Clark down, and Keith's gone for a walk. Dave directed this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back anything? after the flash. Uh, Gats again, mm-hmm. and some woman. I think she was Danica. I started slipping in when her name dropped. So. What does she look like? This is and I know there's no scene um, where Jane learns this is no. who Danica is, but um, is the only face I, I mean, they've been they've been talking practice. about it. They've received briefings from They're Sanvi. Basically, kind of a blur. they know well, what Sanvi knows. Break, can we? Um, yeah. no. Which isn't much, no, but don't. you know, Sanvi was almost killed, but then let go oh, by well, Danica we... last season. Mm-hmm. And then character moment. Yes. As we drop a bomb here. Yeah. Um, never mind. I'm not going to say that now. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, uh, I believe this is really beautiful directing on your end, Dave. Uh, the music is just perfect. And then the pauses between their dialogue, it's just so natural and so awesome. Really good job yeah, this on was, this scene. This was really hard, harder than you'd think to do with just two people talking, but getting the timing on that just had to be perfect. And yeah. The under that is Ships. Another Josh Woodward. One of his few piano pieces, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. No. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what it was. Yeah, he doesn't play a lot of piano. Now that I think about it, it's a very stringy sort of show. He's a very stringy sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Was it just yesterday? But it's a nice, simple piece, and it's just it really goes well with this scene. Mm-hmm. It was also a really short piece too, so I was able to work most of it into the scene. Actually, it's always nice when you can fit in a whole song. It occurs to me that this next line here is unnecessarily vague. Um, he's just talking about the the sniper rifle he used yes. to kill Montague in Europa. Good. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, you're you're dead. Hey. Sorry. Daddy. Hey. We break up the break it up with the cuteness again. So now we've got Jeffrey, um, and then we've got Jason as Ganymede. He also has a sexy voice. Yes, he has. Well, come on, sport. Vote now. <laughs> Let's get you back in bed, huh? It's very. I think it was very important to me in this episode to see the Morris family together. Um, I mean, mostly. Of um, course. Yeah. 
the scene was just too crowded with two brothers, and I thought it, it had more impact with one brother. Um, but I thought it's it's because things are going to change later this season. People now know who Ganymede is, um, and so I don't think it's a spoiler to say that by the end of this season, we will know we will not see an arrangement like this again. Just go back because I really like these scenes. I love these scenes with Ganymede and his kids. Just seeing a totally different side of them. Yeah. I mean, last season I hogged them because, you know, Jeffrey and Max are so cute. And I was like, no, okay, this this episode I have to give these scenes to Dave so he can hear their takes and just hear how adorable they are. Yes, they are. Something's wrong. Now, I know I'm not perfect. And here we, I think, at least far as my recollection goes the first time we see like a soft side to terry Mm -hmm. yeah he's it's not that he's necessarily abusive in any sense but he's got terrible terrible habits that are that kind of tear that kind of put a strain on his family Mm -hmm. um but he really does care about them a lot and i think it's his biggest redeeming quality Mm -hmm. um is how he feels about his family um, and he's especially bad about showing affection to Lakeisha, um, which kind of makes sense because he's a super criminal and she's a cop. Look, but Keith, I was like crime. Look. Keith, we're going to get your mother back. You need to believe me when I say this. This is sort of putting a bow on um, the Clark and Keith arc from last season. Mm-hmm. Any of that gets out, and a whole investigation is going to be compromised. And I think Pete really brought his A game to this scene because he had a few ad libs as well, but it just really sort of magnified Clark's character. And, you know, I think Jack and I mentioned early last season that really when Pete's, we started hearing Pete's, uh, how he was delivering Clark, that's, we start, Jack, you started writing uh, Clark around Pete's performance. Mm-hmm. And this just totally brought it. I felt it brought it to another level. Just his delivery in the scene. Oh yeah, I agree. This this show would be very different without Jason, Allison, or Pete. Um, I mean, and and to a lesser extent, everybody else. But the most, if you could see like my original character outlines for these guys, they were pretty different. I mean, Clark. Clark's speech patterns were very different before Pete took over. Um, but Ganymede and uh, Danica were very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like, which isn't to discount James or Susan or Chris or Chris. Yeah, totally. Um, because they too have left their mark on the way the characters are written. Um, or Lynn or Tom, you know, everybody. But, we love you all. Yes. Yeah. Our cast is best cast. Ooh, and this scene. I love this scene. <laughs> and there she is. Thank you, Joe J. Thomas, for agreeing to do this. His, his, his chuckle. Oh, goodness, his chuckle. It's so, de- again, it's so deliciously evil. It's awesome. You're sure. What are you talking about? Where have you been? I, I cannot here. handle Joe as Cal. I can't handle it. As Cal, or you mean as Wait, what? Of course it is. 
I am Uriah. <gasps> Pow! And then, oh, the choir. Oh, I love, mm. I love this the scoring in this scene. I'm is this is this Moonlight Requiem? Yeah, a different. I every time Uriah has appeared, I I've tried to use a different part of the uh, Moonlight Requiem, and so this is a part I I was kind of holding on to. So, mm. yeah. Yes. Ah, so cool. Ah. Well, okay. Well, um, all the way to start a season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an episode. Yes. Uh, tune in next time as what happens in the next episode. Opens trailer for next episode. Um, tune in next time when we see some old faces come back and uh, Liza's torment continues. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Yes, we hope you enjoyed the season two opener. Yeah. Hello. Yes, um, I apologize for the phone. Ignore the phone. <laughs> As always, thank you, Brian, as well, for doing the credits. Um, we do like them. We like them I didn't sing this time. I couldn't have sung. I was too busy geeking out about Uriah. There we go. Phone stop ringing. <laughs> How rude. Don't they know I'm recording the commentary? And Joe J. Thomas as Dr. So, um, yes, please let us know what you thought of uh, this episode and of the reveal at the end and of everything. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested to hear what our, um, because I've heard a lot of theories about Uriah's identity. And I'm very interested to hear what people think about that, because this was not one I had heard. Um, I, my favorite was Allender. I think that was Landon's theory, was that it was Matthew Allender. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so uh, thank you guys once again very much for joining us. Um, go ahead and tweet us, Facebook us. We do look at, or I at least look at the comments on the Facebook page. Yes, we. I, I do as well. Uh, yeah, uh, Yahoo groups as well, or you can also drop a line on the Pendant website. Um, and then those get usually forward to us, and then we can see your feedback. And or leave a review on iTunes. We don't have enough of those. Yes, please do. All right, guys, we'll catch you next month. All right, bye. Farewell. Thanks for listening.